Good morning. Welcome to the Way, the Truth, and the Life broadcast for today. And um, today, I'm just going to share a few things with you from the book of Luke, the 11th chapter. And uh, it's going to be from the 37th verse down to verse 52. And it's a lot of reading, so... I want to get into this and I want to talk about the issues here. In the book of Luke, I want to set the tone here where when we're we're talking about in Judea at this time, it's a hot desert place. It's way back before they have running water or indoor plumbing and things like this. Nobody had any indoor plumbing. There's, there's, there, there, no, it, no matter how rich they were, nobody had indoor plumbing. And, and so washing your hands is very important. You know, it, it, so you, it was important to be clean. And so when you hear the issue of Jesus addressing the issue of washing your hands, it wasn't that he didn't wash his hands at all. It was something completely different. So let's get into the text and I'll explain it as we go along. In the 37th verse, it starts reading like this. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee invited him to share a meal with him. So Jesus went and took his place at the table. And when the Pharisee saw that Jesus didn't ritually purify his hands by washing before the meal, he was astonished. So this understands something. This ritual is how the Pharisees and Sadducees and the and the hypocrites would evaluate people, and they they controlled the people to the point that they controlled them like this with with this ritual of washing your hands a certain kind of way. It wasn't about washing your hands; it was washing your hands according to this ritual that gave them some kind of authority of power over your life the religious people will always have something by which they measure and evaluate other people or even worse evaluate you and so they have this this thing they call a revelation god gave me this revelation and then you don't you know follow my revelation then you ain't saved and that's how they think and that's how they they have people that they're, they're minions and in psychology, they call them, they call, they call these, these religious people that are like this, they're narcissists. They control everything. They control everybody and everything. And they got their, they have their flying monkeys, so to speak, like the witch and the wizard of Oz had her flying monkeys, you know, and they, and these flying monkeys are basically the people who, who do their evil for them. And so they had the people fooled because the people wanted to be uh, accepted by the Pharisees. And so this is how they did even the master himself, the Messiah himself, because the narcissists, the Pharisees, controlled the religious community. And they controlled it so much so that if they didn't like you, it didn't matter who you were. And if they opposed you, everybody opposed you. And it made it very hard for anyone, let alone the Messiah, to 
show the people the way to God. And so they create followers and schools to themselves. They become great teachers of the law and they have a great name and they're great preachers of the law and all this great stuff. Like we have today, great, I'm a great, I'm, I'm, I'm apostle, I'm apostle Larry Limprist, you know, um, and praise the Lord and follow me because I, the Lord showed me something and, and, and I got a revelation and so they want you to follow them and they want you to, 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 to basically suck up every word that comes out of their mouth and just believe everything that they say is from God because they are the anointed apostle. They're the anointed cherub. They, and they, and, and they, I mean, they're so anointed that every sound they make is like a, is like a beautiful music to before the throne of God. And, you know, sounds kind of sounds like Lucifer, right? But, but so that's how they see themselves and they have that. That's how they want you to see them anyway. And so they convince you that you got to do these things for them. And so they get you to oppose people and mistreat people and to judge people and to go against people because what they are trying to do is, is usurp authority over you to make you do what they say because you want to believe that you're serving God and you're doing the best you can and that's what they want you to do. And that's what so many people are doing today. It's, it's, and that's why people don't like church. Because you go to church and you see the narcissist, the head narcissist, and and sometimes it's not even the pastor. Sometimes it's the it's the it's the, just the first lady. Sometimes it's it's um it's the deacons. It can it's in in every church is it's different people, but the the narcissists control everything, and they control all of the, they control the money, they control everything, and that, that's how you know who they are because they fight for everything they get and they they will shut everybody down because they want to be in a position of a power and authority and to remember the saying in the world is this power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely so they want power not and don't they don't even just really just want power they want absolute power they want the power that nobody can question them and this is what they do to us and they get us all messed up and we are following them because we are, we seem to believe that we just have to follow them because they control everything. And most, for the most part, they do, they do control everything rather than for us to say, you know what, tell you what I'm going to do, Pastor Junebug, I'm done with you. I'm going to go and I'm going to find, uh, you know, someplace where I can go where they are following Jesus. And I'm, I'm and, and I, I, I'm, I'm done with you because you're not Bye. have a great life. And so you can't do that because everywhere you go, where you look for your your denomination, uh, your denominational your denomination's name over over the church on and saying, you know, I'm I'm Baptist or I'm Church of God in Christ, I'm Holiness, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Methodist, and or, or, or I'm AME or I'm CME or whatever it is, you're looking for that denomination because that's what you think that's where you think God is, and and the God's honest truth is. He's probably not. He's probably not because in our Western culture, we're so far away from what the gospel really, really is that we couldn't. We if we saw it, we would we would say it's an abomination because we're so we're so far away from God. We can't even understand where we could. We couldn't. We can't comprehend it if we saw it. And so we don't like it when people 
break away. And so they, they, we make them out to be crazy lunatics that are doing their own thing. Well, we're not doing our own thing. We're following God. It's a kingdom and it's a kingdom mentality. And when you have the kingdom mentality, you can't be ruled over by people like this when, when God is your king. So you, you, you will run from the narcissist because that you can't deal with them. Verse 39, and I want to get into this. Let's go to verse 39. The Pharisee was astonished when Jesus didn't wash his hands based on this ritual. And he wasn't really astonished. He just acted that way. And he did it, and he did it in such a way that everyone could see that he was just like, he was just appalled. He didn't wash his hands according to the ritual. Oh my God. I, how could you? I invited you to my house and you didn't wash your hands according to my ritual. And so uh, how could you be the Messiah? Don't listen to this guy. He's not the Messiah. And, but Jesus addresses this guy like this. And he does it to him just as publicly as he tries to embarrass Jesus. Jesus, Jesus embarrasses him. The Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and platter. But your insides are stuffed with greed and wickedness. Foolish people, didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Therefore, give to those in need from the core of who you are, and you will be clean all over. So now Jesus just calls him out. And just like he acts a nut in front of everybody, Jesus just Jesus gets right with him, right in front of everybody too. You are you you are you. He's saying just straight up to him, you're a hypocrite. You you make a big fuss about cleaning the outside of the cup and platter and your hands and all that stuff, but what's inside? What's inside of you is 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 greed and wickedness. And then and then he scolds the people from listening to him. You foolish people, you you following this guy. Give from what's inside you from your heart, and you'll be clean. And then he goes on to say in verse 42, how terrible for you Pharisees. You give a tenth of your mint and rue and garden herbs of all kinds while neglecting justice and love for God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Now what he's saying is you should have been giving people justice and showing love to God by giving people justice but you give these 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 other things. It's not, I mean, that's a good thing. You're giving the tithes out of, out of out of your mint and cumin and and all your spices in your garden. That's a good thing. But you won't do the things that are more important. So he goes on. How terrible for you Pharisees, for you love the prominent seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. And this is the key. To the, to the whole discussion today. How terrible for you. You are like unmarked graves and people walk on them without recognizing it. So this is the thing. He compares their hypocrisy and their life, the way they live their lives to an unmarked grave. Now, so understand this. Now, in most cases in, 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 Israel, in Judea at that time, Rich people could be, they, they would take their bodies and they would be buried in a cave, a sepulcher. <laughs> and uh, they would be buried in the cave and they would put a, put a rock in front of it and so the body could decay and the wolves wouldn't eat it. And other graves were, were, uh, were in the ground and they were buried underground. And so they were covered up. 
And what Jesus is saying, and they were not marked, so you didn't know where they were. And people walked on them without realizing there was a grave there. And so that's what he's saying about their witness. Their, their life, when they, when, when they leave the earth, nobody's going to even know they were there. That's how significant they, they, they really are in the kingdom of God. Now, they might be significant in the earth, but they're not significant in the kingdom of God. They're like an unmarked grave. Nobody's going to even pay attention to them. And that's what, I, what I'm going to talk about today. Do you want your, your life to end up being like this? Do you want your, your ministry and your witness to be like this, to be something nobody even talks about or even thinks about because you, it was just useless? Yeah, you know, while you were alive, you, you know, you, you got on people's nerves and, you, and people tried to please you and they did all the stuff to jump through all the hoops you told them to. But in the end, you really didn't do anything worth worthwhile. You didn't really make a difference. Nobody got saved, really got saved from listening to you. Nobody really started following God from listening to you. Nobody really tried to change their life. All they really did was just try to make you happy. And, they, and, and that wasn't good enough. And it didn't work. And you, and you narcissistically controlled everyone around you because they didn't want to make you mad. But they didn't find God. And they didn't get to heaven. And you didn't make it either. Not only did they not get there, but you didn't make it. So that's that's the thing today. Is that is that what we want? Is that what we want our witness to be? I want to continue because I got a lot to do in the scripture. One of the legal experts responded, Teacher, when you say these things, you're insulting us too. So Jesus turned to him and said, and he said this, verse 46. How terrible for you legal experts too. You load people down with impossible burdens and you refuse to lift a single finger to help them. How terrible for you. You built memorials to the prophets whom the ancestors killed. In this way you testify that you approve of your ancestors' deeds. They killed the prophets and you build memorials. Therefore God's wisdom has said, I will send prophets and apostles to them and they will harass and kill some of them. As a result, this generation will be charged with the murder of all the prophets since the beginning of time. This includes the murder of every prophet from Abel to Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the holy place. Yes, I'm telling you, this generation will be charged with it. How terrible for you legal experts. You snatched away the key of knowledge and you didn't enter yourselves. And you stood in the way of those who were entering. Now let's look at that. What he's saying to them here is what I just read to you. And I, it's kind of obvious. He's telling them straight up. Not only, did, not only are you not following the way of Christ, but you're blocking everybody that wants to follow Christ. Not only are you blocking the way of, of blocking not following God, but you're blocking anybody who wants to follow God. They got to, they got to dance to your music. And, 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 and this is the crazy thing. You want to talk about the law, the prophets, and we just love the prophets and we would have never killed the prophets. And, but, but you build memorials to them and not realizing that in your ceremonies of the, the memorializing these prophets or these people from, from the old days, you are you are agreeing with the ones who killed him 
because what you're saying is that you're honoring them, but you're not doing the things they did. You're not you're not living your life of holiness based on what the prophets preached. You're just doing an outward show. And this is the thing. The outward appearance of godliness is not godliness. And people will convince you that you got to do all this stuff, man. Oh, man, you got you to prove that you're following God by, by, just, by sending money to my ministry over, over the river and through the woods ministry. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and and we're going to send you a, an autographed New Testament Bible with gold letters. And the only thing, thing is in gold letters when you get it will be KJV on the on the side panel. And it would be something they got for free. And they and they, they and they wouldn't send it to you unless you sent them a fifty dollar offering. And so, you know, all these people are doing is exploiting you. And what they're trying to do is get you to 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 jump through all these hoops to do all this stuff so that they can say that they did this. And we talked about it in the last podcast that they'll try to get you to get circumcised. They'll try to get you to keep the law of Moses. They'll have you walking around wearing the Jewish prayer cloth on your shoulders, walking around saying uh, Shalom and trying to say it, talking Hebrew. Uh, and, you know, we're the Hebrew Israelites, and I'm a true Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew of, of, of Hebrews. And all the, they have you doing all this stuff because they don't know God. They don't know God. And so because they don't know God, they got you doing this stuff because they, they, they're trying to be important. It's about them. And if it's about them, then it's not about God. And that's the way you got to see it. If you don't see it that way, then you're going to give in to them and you're going to follow them. You're going to try to make them feel important. You're going to try to make them feel like they count and like they matter. And that's all they want you to do. That's the trap of Satan. And so you get up early in the morning on Sunday morning or Saturday because, you know, we're Hebrews now. And so you're gonna get up early in the morning. You're gonna put on the best clothes you got in the whole wide world. And if you don't have none, you're gonna go to the store the night before and buy the most expensive outfit they have on the rack. Put on all your diamonds and jewels and your best shoes and get your hair done and get your get your nails done and get makeup on and brothers is gonna be looking Sharp, they're gonna be looking fly, looking like you just stepped out of a, a, a picture book. And you're gonna do all this stuff, and you're gonna drive a hundred miles across town to go sit down and listen to the person who's teaching, brother or sister, whoever they are, and they're gonna be teaching you something that's so out of tune and out of harmony with the gospel and so far away from what the Bible intends that you'll be able to tell that they're off by listening to it. You have to be a special kind of stupid. And I mean, I'm intentionally saying this 
<laughs> you have to be a, a special kind of stupid to believe them. I'm pausing for a reason. I need you to think about that. It already sounds like garbage to you when you hear it. But if you keep listening to it and listening to it, and then you keep saying, well, you know, you know, if you, if you think about it like this, then it makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. It's garbage. I mean, if, if you put boo-boo on a plate, it's still boo-boo. No matter, no matter how pretty the plate is, it's still boo-boo. It's just a pretty plate. And that's what I'm telling you. What you're being given is just that. If it's not the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but will have everlasting life, then that's not the gospel. So if you got to wear big hats and wear fancy clothes and you got to walk in and you got to bring all the money in the world and put it in the offering plate just so that Pastor Larry and, pa- and, and, and First Lady Susie can be happy, then baby, you are stupid. And you deserve whatever happens to you for following them. When you look at their life and you see that they're not even trying to follow God and you keep following them, then you are stupid. You're being manipulated. You're a flying monkey. When you run around repeating their message and it's not gospel and you go, did you know that Jesus, Jesus had a, had a hairpiece? <laughs> you know, some crazy stuff. Did you know that uh, uh, Jesus, he ate pork? <laughs> you know, yeah, he had a bacon sandwich. You know, come on, man. You gotta stop listening to these people because they're full of crap. And all that comes out of them is garbage. It's crap. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. And that's the only way you should see it. Jesus wants us to follow him. He wants to live inside of us. He wants us to give him a clean vessel to live in. So you got to clean your heart out. You got to take out all the stuff that you've been indoctrinated with and taught your whole life. You got to empty all that stuff out. And you got to get back into this Bible. And you got to start putting the words in this Bible inside of you. Don't put the teachings of people in you, but the teachings of this Bible inside of you. Get uh, get serious about your relationship with God. I don't want to be your teacher. All I want to do is be someone that opens your eyes and gives you the inspiration and the desire to search the scriptures yourself. That's all I want. All I want you to do is search the scriptures yourself. Do the history. Do the same thing I did. I downloaded Bible apps and I downloaded lexicons and and I downloaded concordances. I downloaded 
everything I could so that I can learn what the Hebrew and the Greek means and what the phrase really would mean in today's language. I don't just listen to, I, I, I don't even pay attention. I don't even use the King James Version because we don't talk like that. It's too ambiguous and we can make the words mean anything. And that's why people use it because they can manipulate it. That's why they don't like the new translations. The new translations kill that old, outdated, lying doctrine. It kills it. You can't mislead people when they when they have the truth in front of them. So I get new translations. I get land translations that speak with that speak the way I speak, so I can understand it. Not the ones that agree with what I'm saying or what I think, but the ones that talk like I talk, because those are the ones that help me change my mind. Because I had to be reprogrammed. I had to be reprogrammed. I used to be a preacher. I used to be a pastor. And I was programmed wrong. So now I'm being reprogrammed and I'm challenging you to reprogram your mind. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. You can't have any of those things without Jesus. You can't have truth without Jesus. You can't live a good, abundant life without Jesus. And the only way you can serve God and follow God, the only way you can get to God the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. Just that simple. And you got to erase all of your bad thinking because that's how you got here. We got to stop doing what we always did because if you keep doing what you always did, you're going to keep getting what you always got, always get. I want to have a new life. So as I start cleaning my house out, cleaning out my spirit, I see things that used to mean something to me, but they don't mean anything to me anymore. It's just sitting in my, in my spirit, in my mind, taking up space. So I put it out. Sometimes it hurts to put it out because I love it, but it's not useful. I don't put people out because people are important. But the things that that I attach to those people, they're not. Because people change. And I gotta let people change. And I gotta let them be who they are. And if I wanna be free, I gotta let them be free. And that's what we have to do. God gave us the freedom to choose him or reject him. I choose to I choose to hunger and thirst after God. But I can't make anybody else do that. It's not my calling. My calling is just to open the way of truth and to live a life of truth in front of you. And hopefully you'll want to try it. And if you do, okay. That's what my job is. All I want is for God to be pleased with me. And I hope that I can do that by showing you the things that I'm learning each day and the things that God has put in in my heart so I can see the way of truth and live the life of truth 
And man, it means I got to deal with some things about myself that I don't like to deal with. I don't like to face. I don't like to confess. But if I want to get healed, if I want to get set free, I got to deal with it. It really sucks. But I'm glad. Because it sets me free every time. And I can't be any happier than that. When I think about all that God has done for me these last two years, and I think about how better my life is after these last two years, I can't see how I couldn't serve Him. I don't know, I can't see how my life would be if it hadn't been for God. So, I guess I'm in this to the end. I hope so. I hope that I'm able to to finish this race and finish it strong. That means something to me. There are so many people in this world that don't really get to see the end. My Uncle Robert My Uncle Robert was a wonderful man. One time we took him to dinner on his birthday and we sat down in the restaurant and when everyone found out it was Mr. Robbie's birthday, everybody came over to the table to say happy birthday to Uncle Robbie. I want my life to be like that. I want people I want people to recognize my witness and say, man, that brother Will, I love him. How about you? What do you want people to say about you? Do you want to be an unmarked grave? Or do you want someone to remember you? <laughs>